Welcome back, listeners, to another episode of Murphy's Roll. This is Reaper. And this is Bonecrusher Strawball Earthquake the Juggernaut. Unfortunately, Nian couldn't be here for time constraint reasons, so we're just going to go ahead and do our normal podcast without him today. So we're going over our most recent uh, campaign session, and it starts off with, no, the town getting, this is the aftermath of them getting royally beat up by uh, Nadiza, Kush's, no, daughter. Bastard child. <laughs> so while everyone's just kind of roaming around town, doing their own little thing before meandering to sleep later in the night, uh, what was Alawi doing? She was trying to... Oh, it was it was Birthbringer and Alawi. Like, you two were trying to do some test experiments with the with the Pyre Bloom. Yeah, see, so uh, Alawi came to me and had some uh, bottles, the, uh, some extra beer bottles, because, you know, she's kind of an alcoholic, and uh, gave it to us, gave it to me to use for some experiments, you know, trying to figure out what we could do with the Pyre Bloom. And uh, we found out that the Flower Girl, a.k.a. Marie, is completely useless. She had no materials in her wagon or nothing. Just it's just his bags and these horses that she cares so deeply about. But yeah, no, we uh try to run a few experiments. I mean, unfortunately, I didn't have any any herbs with me at the time, so or any side herbs with me at the time. So mixed with some paralysis, you know, went and watered it down. We tried to create an alchemist kit, but um didn't have the proper tools for that. But with the herbalism kit, yeah, we decided to break some stuff down. And we're going to figure something out with this stuff. Don't know exactly what, but we're going to figure out something. And Alawi's bright idea was like, hey, hey, on our way out of this town when we even leave, let's trank one of the farm animals and see what happens. Yeah, I mean, she's got blow darts and everything like that. So we're going to figure out something. So we mixed the, uh, we mixed the power bloom with the, with the uh, paralysis herbs. Yeah, we decided that we're going to blow dart a uh, goat on the way out of town. But after we were done looking at some stuff, Marie watched over us. It's all excited because she didn't really know anything about him. Yeah, we uh, started to do our start doing our watches. And Kai, aka Shim, uh, was the one who decided to, or the one who was, does our first watch, first two hours alone. And uh, Shim decided that we're going to search around, kind of see what we could, what kind of information we could find in this town hall. And in the process of looking for it, stumbles across a portfolio of sorts. Of and um, of like uh, labeled no the heroines of Arum, which is the name of the town, and inside are just eight portraits of just different ladies. It, at first, Kai thinks nothing of it until he notices that these portraits are each dated with the same day, going back eight years. Yeah, and there was a really big one of the uh, of the most recent one, wasn't there? Well, I mean, I wouldn't say it was like bigger. It was more just like. Uh, the portrait of the woman was she was relatively more attractive than some of the others. But, uh, you know, while Shim was doing all this stuff, in comes the uh, village mayor, elder, chief, chief, whatever you want to call him. And uh, Kyle was like, I'm not even going to hide. Like, I'm just, just going to take down these notes and, you know, whatever. Village chief walked in and was like, uh, what are you doing? And Kai answered that back with the question, why are you sacrificing people? He was like, we're not sacrificing people. Apparently, some dude comes down every uh, every year, takes a woman from the village, and if they don't do it, then he's just gonna you know marauder the whole town. And uh, the last one happened to be his daughter. The beast happened to be the village the village chief's daughter, and the, also the uh, people that he takes are volunteers, correct? Yes. Yeah, they're volunteers. Not like they're take. I mean, they are take forcefully, but I mean, they volunteer to go. You know, they volunteer as tribute, straight Hunger Game style. Yeah, you know, they he takes them with them and 
comes back every year to get a new one. Doesn't necessarily know what he does with them, but, you know, he takes them or whatever. And as the Chief is just explaining all this, Kai is just kind of, like, just taking it in, like, like wholeheartedly and writing down notes and whatnot. It's like, and then he asks, would you like me to bring your women back? And this just moved the Chief to tears. Like, he's, like, he starts to weep. He, he starts thanking Kai. He's like, no, we're just a small town of farmers. We couldn't do anything. But, I mean, like, adventurers like you, like, we we hope. Like, I have no doubt that you guys would be able to help us out in, in our time of need. I, I greatly appreciate it, even more than anything you've done for us already. And so that was kind of how that went. Now, Kai makes a deal with the chief to go get these women back. And then after the chief leaves and it's time to rotate shifts, Kai explains it to the next people, who the next person who wakes up, which I think is... Brother, it's me. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, Kai also negotiates with the chief and he asks him, do you like to have a mercenary group, you know, kind of use your town as a base of operations. It's kind of the negotiation we have going on with them. But uh, after he explains the birth bring, which is funny because the entire time, Kai and Aki, you know, they share one body. They are, they're completely arguing in, in the head. Uh, Aki wants to handle this right now, right then, right there, right now. Like, get up in the morning. We're about to go deal with this. And Kai reminds her, like, hey, we have the flower girl with us and she's uh, completely useless. Like, no help whatsoever in any kind of situation. She's just cannon fodder at this point. And we haven't got paid from her yet. You know, we had already got paid. Yeah. But <laughs> while she's, uh, you know, while we still need her to get our money, he's like, we got to wait. And uh, so he's playing the situation of Birthbringer. And Birthbringer's like, well, look, you know, he's always Birthbringer in a picture. And Birthbringer's like, oh, shit. Well, the, uh, the village chief's daughter got a fat ass. So. <laughs> By the way, they were really just headshots, but everyone's like, "No, no, they're body shots." Like, you can like it's a portrait of their entire body. No, it's it's just from uh, the upper chest up, shoulders up. Look, I will say you did say that they were full body pictures at first. That you changed. I don't remember me saying that, but okay. It's canon now. It's full body picture. Release her, and she got a fat ass. And uh, so you know, Birthbring is like, it's time. You know, so. Because we had to drop Marie off and then come back and save these chicks. And he's trying to get some booty. And so they finish their shifts. And uh, when Stays Ready gets up, he explains to Stay Ready. Stays Ready. Like, you know, explains the situation to him, the whole thing. And uh, he's pretty much in agreement. You know, it's like right now, we really got to kind of get save Marie and make sure we get her back to town. Because once again, she's useless. And, uh, you know, we can't be walk around with Aerith for Sephiroth come to get that ass. And so we decide, you know, after after the stay in the night, you know, we decide we're going to go back to the village or go back to our main Scuttle's Cove, yeah. yep, Scuttle Cove, base of operation. And, um, you know, then we'll come back to the village and deal with the situation. And on the way back to Scuttle's, we uh, run into, when we get close to the area where the bandits are at, we run into a bloody mess. I mean, well, first of all, it smells like death. It yeah. smells like complete death. And Birthbringer, because Aki's out, she woke up at this time. Birthbringer decides to make the joke that uh, he's like, Aki, close your legs. Well, goat ball is what he calls her. The goat ball, close your legs. And Aki's just like, if he says one more thing in my general direction, I'm shutting him up. <laughs> well, I mean, it was actually, I didn't really, before you can get anything else out, she's uh, her power of suggestion to, uh, you know, cause him to uh, be silent uh, for eight hours. Eight hours. But, you know, when they run into the, uh, when they get a little bit further, they see it's like a bloody mess. Crows and wolves and all kinds of stuff, you know, just kind of chilling around the area. And uh, nobody else sees it, sees, you know, the crows and the wolves except for, is it a Lowy? 
it, it's a few of you. They like a few of you noticed it at first. Yeah. Um, but Broker, he actually notices the wolf's got an arm and he's paying attention to it. But I mean, he can't even talk. So um, not like he can really even tell them anything. Uh, he goes. I go over and I try to calm the wolf, and apparently just runs away. I mean, I make my animal check, but apparently just runs away. I wasn't gonna throw it <laughs> at. Uh, I was gonna throw it at Goat Ball, like catch, but um, that ended up failing. Uh, couldn't do that. But yeah, we make it back to town, and when we get back to town, it's a gang of people up front. It's a whole squad of guards and all kinds of stuff up front there. Yeah, it's it's a rather large congregation of people right now. It's like there's people surrounding an area, and then you see like guards trying to tell people to stay back, you know, whatever. And as the group gets closer, Kai actually, because now by this time Kai has come back out after the day after a couple of days trip back to Skull's Cove. Kai, you know, kind of just worms his way through the crowd and gets to the guards and sees Naraya there standing over a corpse, and of course. Kai calls off to Naraya, and Naraya looks, looks, now looks back, notices Kai, and sidesteps, and Kai sees that it's the corpse of Larry Lightfoot, their former boss of the Happy Mar- Happy Dragon Mercenary Company. Yeah, and uh, Kai didn't take it, uh, he, he wasn't too saddened by it. He's like, oh, damn. Hmm. And I mean, Naraya's, of course, saddened. Uh, you know, she's pretty upset. You know, Captain Fury is, but uh, Kai's like, hmm, well... And after Breakbreaker, you know, gets everybody else through, you know, we kind of just, uh, we thought, we, I thought we were going to have to muscle our way through. I thought there were like a congregation, like blocking the way to the gate. So I was like, I'm about to just shoulder check people. But uh, we didn't have to do all that. You know, we just kind of went in through. And, um, you know, Breakbreaker notices and he's like, boss, damn, what happened? So Narai explains the whole story about, you know, once again, that he was protecting a woman last night from some dude and... He got taken out. And Naraya is just like, she's livid at this. It's like, someone killed one of ours. Well, I mean, even though he was protecting someone, how do we know that, no, like, he like he wasn't protecting someone for whatever reason. What if that was just the you know, saying, whatever? Because apparently the witness who had, you know, initially told the guards, you know, well, meandered off. And so eventually Naraya caught up with the guy and she calls him back to the, to the HQ building later. But no, she's she looks at the everyone's like, okay, you're completed your mission. Take her back. We'll get our money and we'll get this sorted out. Yeah, so Burnfinger goes. He uh drops off the flower girl. We get our pay, which was uh what, five thousand? No, twenty five hundred. Twenty five hundred. He said five thousand originally, then it dropped down to twenty five hundred. And uh, you know, dropped off our pay, whatever. And then after that, you know, uh, Kai got some information from the guy with Captain Fury, a.k.a. Naraya. Got some information, you know, about what was happening. Basically, uh, you know, I gave a description. It said the person went to the southeast, I believe. Yes. Yeah, left town to the southeast, carrying off the girl. Um, they kind of pretty much just went to the bar. <laughs> yeah, uh, the party pretty much split up after this because after, when they were leaving the, the town of Arum, like, on their way out, when they were kind of gathering more information on this dude who takes the women... Um, Abyss Grip makes a hypothesis that this guy might be a vampire. And so, like, they went to get more information in Scuttle's Cove, like, via books and, you know, just word-of-mouth stuff about information on vampires, what they should be expecting, since they planned to go hunt this guy right after, you know, they had dropped off Marie. But, of course, something else, you know, came up. So, again, the party kind of splits up. 
Um, Kai goes to his preferred bar. Alawi does Alawi and just goes and does random shit. Well, Alawi ended up meeting up with me, with Birthbringer, and uh, we went to go look for some herbs. I went to go re- or restock my herbs and try to find some information about the power of bloom. <laughs> okay. At this point... I've told everybody that you no know, these pyre bloom these pyre bloom flowers that I had made up were you no know, stuff of myth stuff of legend that people didn't know anything about. If people did know anything about it, they kept their mouth shut. So of course, not everyone knows what the hell these things do. But no, Alawi and Birthbringer just kept asking and asking and asking. Like, all right, look, motherfuckers, out of game. I made the shit up. No one knows what the fuck they do. Got it. <laughs> Yeah, it was a it was a little bit more extravagant than that, but uh, yeah, it was a complete scene. But the hilarious thing about it was, a lot of it was in the midst of asking the herbalist, basically, you know, what do they do? What do you know about them? Anything like that? And like out of nowhere, Reaper's just like, "Look, everybody, I don't know what the hell these things are. I made them up." <laughs> and, well, and the funny thing is. Half the party, half the group is looking like we're thinking that this is what the guys say. We're still in game. <laughs> and we're just like, this guy is yelling. I was like, oh, 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 this is real. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, like, it's not that so much like they asked. I didn't give them an answer or anything. I told them that the people don't know what the hell these things are or what, they, or what they're capable of because no one ever recorded them. They kept their mouth shut on these to- on these things. So Marie didn't know, like she she just heard that there was there was stuff of legends, and sure enough, she found them. Okay, so that's why she was there. That's why she got gathered as many as she did, so she could experiment with them. She prints some. Uh, Alawi takes one up to another herbalist, who again thought these things were myths, and uh, he doesn't know what the hell they do. And Alawi's just like, you know more than you're telling me, and that's when I had to you know like slam the slam on the table. No one knows what the hell these things do. Stop asking. <laughs> See, so that, uh, I'm gonna take that as cue that, uh, Brother has free reign to just make up shit with these things do then. And to some extent. I mean, obviously, you're not gonna make anything like too broken. I mean, you're gonna have to no, check not, with me about that. Yeah, I'm not gonna make an atomic bomb. Of course with not. Them. <laughs> but I mean, like, it, like, when you're mixing them with certain things, I will come up with a, with a, with um with an effect for them, essentially. Like, when you guys mix the para- the paralysis herbs with the pyre bloom, I didn't tell you what they did yet, but you will find out when you get when you if you guys go back to our room. Yes, because I forgot we did forget to mention that we did on the way out shoot a goat with them. Um, it was quite the entertaining time as well because pretty much uh, Birthbringer put a lolly on his shoulders and a lolly shot the do- shot the goat and then went to go get his the first time utterly missed, then the second time she hit it and went to go retrieve her darts, retrieved the first dart off the floor, and was trying to calm the goat, and was completely failing. I mean, I'm you know pretty sure some villagers probably saw her, like, running around chasing this goat, trying to calm this goat down. But whatever, either way, uh, she did eventually retrieve her dart uh, by, you know, circling around the goat. But going back to what was going on, so yeah, Alawi and Birthbringer were asking about the power blooms and also asking about herbs that are effective against vampires because while Alawi's character was metagaming a little bit, I was trying to stay pretty in game. I mean, I know in real life, supposedly garlic, you know, affects vampires. I don't know about the world of D&D. Nothing if, off the top of my head. Yeah, you know, I don't know in the world of D&D if, you know, garlic or there's herbs for it. So I mean, I was legitimately asking, like, I have no clue. Is there any herbs for vampires? Does that help out? I'm a herbalist and a healer. 
Like, I'm not really a cleric, so I don't know holy magic. So, uh, well, I do. I actually know cleric spells. But, like, right now, not really. Not too much. And while they were trying to, you know, get word of mouth, you no know, information, Shaw was going to go get some hard, you no know, hard copy information. So he goes to the local library at first. And the local library doesn't have, like, an explicit book on vampires, but a, a small pocketbook was, you no know, left at the, at the library that the, in, that the bookkeeper gave to Shaw. It's like, here, and they gave him some information. And then Shaw also got some information about possible, like, actual more record, like, uh, more record keeping of vampires at the temple mm-hmm. that Abyscrip had already went to, but for a different reason. See, Abyscrip was looking for a magic user that could speak with the dead, use the spell speak with the dead. And the, the priest there tells him to go to the cemetery where there's a old retired cleric who's now the gravekeeper. Yep. And so uh, while he's doing that, uh, Alawi and uh, or pop, you know, Possum Snake and Brethren decide that they're going to go, you know, to a bar. Alawi at this point is uh needs to work out some frustration, so she's like, "Let's go to a bar. I'm about to start a bar fight." And at first, it was thought that they might go to the same bar as Kai, but you know, decided that oh, we're going to Birthbringer's place, so he's going to the bar that's attached to the whorehouse. Of course, where else is Birthbringer going to go? So they get there, and Alawi kind of challenges like, anybody in the bar. Like, who wants to fight? Let's do it. And the mistress of said bar slash brothel, she comes out and is like, I'm going to need you to be quiet or get the hell out of my establishment. And you know, her <laughs> brings like, hey, hey, ignore my friend, madam. Um, while we're here, though, is cookies and cream here? You know, that's his uh, favorite pair of uh, ladies. And she informs Birthbringer that Cookie's here, but I haven't seen cream since last night. So uh, Birthbringer automatically is like, this dude's got cream. It's on. <laughs> it's time to fight. Uh, he's, he's, he's pretty upset now. He's like, okay. Uh, you know, he, he's just, you know, put two, he, he, not even put two and two together. He's made assumptions. It's like A plus two equals four. Well, A's got to be cream, so let's go. And uh, so... He runs back to the, uh, grabs a lolly, like pretty much just picks a lolly up and just runs off back to the, the base, to the headquarters. And he's like, yo, Naraya, what's going on? What's this dude? We got the information. I got to find out what's going on because they got cream. And of course, Fury, aka Naraya, is like, who's cream? Who in the hell is cream? Like, you guys ran off. You guys all went your separate ways when the dude was here talking to me or talking to us. So he's already gone. I already got on the information that he that, that he could get out. And all Birdberg really gets out of it is like, yeah, Southeast and Birdberg is like, all right, bet, we got to go. And so he's like, you know where everybody else went? And they're like, uh, he's like, no, I don't have any clue. So Birdberg and Allah, he come up with their harebrained, harebrained schemes. They're going to start calling them Keen and Kel. Because uh, <laughs> they always got some kind of <laughs> scheme. <laughs> Straight Keen and Kel. Um, always got some kind of scheme going on. And, uh, so they try to get up to the roof. Well, Birthbringer tries to get up to the roof. Allow him to get up to the roof. Birthbringer to get up to the roof. And they're going to uncork the smoke bottle. And when they uncork the smoke bottle, you know, the idea behind it was that we've always used the smoke, like, 
invalid. Like the, t- the whole party knows that the smoke belongs to Alawi. And the idea behind the whole situation was that if we uncork the smoke, then the rest of the party will see that what the hell is the smoke going on and had that way to be like, okay, shit, we got what's going on. That's obviously Alawi. Alawi's fighting something. Last time I saw Alawi, she was with Birdbringer. So it's like, well, they're probably fighting something. Probably should go check it out. That was the idea behind it, of course. But uh, Stage Ready did did say, like, every time we bust that smoke out, we're escaping from something. Why would we run in that direction? But I mean, I would think that's like, you know, you have a sense of partiness. I mean, if Birdbringer saw the smoke, he'd automatically just, and he wasn't close to it, he'd automatically just run to it, like, oh, crap. <laughs> and of course, though, because they're on top of the HG building, Naraya sees it immediately. It's just like, so she walks outside. He's like, allow it, cork it. <laughs> yeah, Mariah's like, give, give me the bottle. You lost your privileges. You're grounded. <laughs> and of course, Alawi's like, well, 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 will I get it back? And Mariah's like, if you're good, now give it here. <laughs> well, Birdbringer does bring up to Fury that uh, we've this saved our life. Like, literally saved our life, like, twice. We kind of need this thing. Kind of need it. Kind of important. But um, after that point, like, actually on the, like, stays ready, aka Biscrip, was already on his way back anyway. And uh, runs into Birthbringer about the whole situation. And he, uh, you know, Birthbringer kind of tries to explain a little bit to him. Uh, you know, well, they explain, they, they switch information. And pretty much what Abyscrip got from the cleric was that he could speak to the dead but he's got to have the body. And they make a deal that if he gets some help digging up the grave, they'll bring the body faster. And so he tells that to Birthbringer. Birthbringer's like, okay, bet. So he chops over there to the uh, to the graveyard, to the graveside, and it starts, you know, to the graveyard, starts digging. It's like, okay, it's time to go. I gotta go save Cream. We gotta get this stuff going. She does this thing with her tongue, man. You, you, you just gotta see it to believe it. <laughs> So while all that goes down, like eventually Kai comes back and you know, uh, he regroups with Abyscrip and Abyscrip tells him the plan and then Kai goes and tells Narai the plan and so they all go to the graveyard to do this thing after Kai gets the guards to um, expedite the body to the cemetery. Yeah. So go do this whole seance thing. Yeah. So they get uh once once uh, Larry's body gets there. They, uh, the cleric, he, no, the retired cleric, he's a retired cleric, but he does his thing and he talks to the body and he tells the group that, um, it was not a well-robed figure, like, like he was, like, it, it looked just like any other person and he mentioned fangs and that was enough for the party, like, yep, it's definitely a vampire, but the problem is, from the village, we learned that they went north they went north. So why is this one going south? And so there was a, light, a nice little de- deboggle on how, which way they were really going to go. Yeah, Birthbringer brought over to uh, Shim. He was telling him that, like, look, so we've got a couple different, you know, a couple different problems, scenarios going on with this. Either one, we've got two vampires, which, you know, looking back, like, the vampire that left the village was very well-dressed. And this vampire wasn't well-dressed. So looks like we've got two vampires or the uh, townspeople don't know exactly what the hell they're talking about and they got the direction wrong, you know, and uh, this vampire actually went south. But, uh, you know, it, it's just, it's a very dangerous situation. 
you know, they don't know exactly what they're running into. But at the same time, Brett Brennan's like, gotta get my bitch. So, you know, Kareem, gotta get her. And uh, I think Kai also tells Mariah, you know, like, hey, Kareem's a, Kareem's like, Brett Brennan's like. Yeah, it was about time someone gave Mariah a solid answer. (laughs) So the party makes their way south, southeast. And, like, they, like, after learning in that direction that there's only, you know, beside the coastline anyway, there's, you know, just a series of hills with caves in them. So it's like, okay, well, we just got to, you know, search these caves until we find what we're looking for. And, uh, Birthbringer and Stays Ready are the best trackers, you know. Both of their, they both have bonuses in what investigation or nature or whatever exactly it is. But they both have bonuses in it, so they're pretty good at tracking. When they came out of tracking the succubus... Like, I mean, the both of them were able to track Succubus Sisters, like, pretty well. Like, where, you know, where Birthring failed his role, Stays Ready passed his, and where Stays Ready failed his, Birthring passed his, so that's where they would keep on track. So they both come to the top of these hills, uh, two opposite hills to look around, and then we both rolled 21s. Um, you know, after bonuses, we both got a 21. So we at the same time, we're, like, right there. There's, like, two dudes standing outside of a cave, you know, kind of looking, you know, and it's, it's like dusk at this time. And we did learn, we did learn a bit of information about vampires from Shaw and his, uh, when he went and read the book. Um, basically that vampires can't be in sunlight, direct sunlight. It messes them up. Silver is very effective against them. Not necessarily weakness, but it's effective against them. And, uh, you know, which we have, luckily we have silver, we have some pretty good silver weapons. Uh, Birthbringer has axe coated in silver and... What is it? Uh, stays ready has his sword covered in silver, and then we have two short swords that Kai one has. Uh, two what? It was one short sword. One short sword that Kai has is uh, covered in silver. I thought it was two. Yeah, you know, so he gives that to Lali to allow you know because because mm-hmm. he has a magical weapon. Shim has a magical weapon, so you know that that will help take care of things. And then I mean, of course, you got the magic fire and everything that you have from Shaw. So, I mean, that covers pretty much all our bases. Everybody's covered. As the party is sneaking up on the entrance to this one cave with the two guards stationed at the front, it's like everyone's being relatively quiet and, you know, stealth and whatnot. But then they started taking too long. I can't remember what, what that was holding you guys up from moving further up. Well, what happened was, so Birthbringer has split mail now. And so he can't really stealth. because he has, I have a, uh, I have a, what is it, disadvantage or, yeah. you know, penalty to stealth. And so I get put into the to the hole, which Kai shows everybody that he has the pocket hold, pocket dimension thing. So he puts Birthbringer in there, and when they try to sneak up, Abyss Grip fails his stealth. Was it Abyss Grip, I believe? Yeah, it was Abyss Grip. Yeah, Abyss Grip failed his stealth, and so he's trying to find another way to get around it, and we're trying to make decisions on exactly what we're going to do and how we're going to do it. When the guys spot us. Well, what happened, how, how they spot you was, like, I like I mentioned that there was a shift in the wind. Yes. And because of the wind shift, like, your scent was blown in their direction. And they have keen senses, so they can, they pick up on, they have advantage on uh, uh, sense perceptions checks. And so that's how they, that's how they figured out you guys were there. Got you. So they they immediately saw that they were there, and combat ensues. They rush, uh, they like because the party's kind of spread out like in a semicircle in front of them. They split up like in a V shape to go. One goes to fight a bisgrip, and the other one goes to engage a Lowie. Right? 
Yeah. I mean, they both started out pretty much in front of Alawi, but then one of them broke off to go fight Abyss Grip. And uh, Birthbringer was in a, the hole. He had to get out of the pocket dimension, so he had to, you know, get out from the sleep. Uh, kind of put him on the side of a mountain so he can get out of there, or side of the hill, so he can get out a little bit easier there. And, uh, yeah, you know, that that's how the combat thing went. Ran up. I mean, the guys got, one of them got done in fairly quickly. I mean, it did, they did take some hits. They did take some hits, but, I mean, we were pretty successful. I mean, so successful that Burpee didn't even get a hit. Like, I didn't get a chance to even dice roll for an attack in that combat. And that's going to happen for quite some time. <laughs> yeah, no, for quite some time. I didn't even get a chance to hit anybody. Well, I mean, because here's the thing. We killed the first guy fairly quickly, mm-hmm. and we started messing up the second guy, and he dipped off. Yeah, it was actually as the first guy dropped that the second one dipped out. Yeah. And he was just running. He ran back into the cave, and the party pursued, and, like, eventually he came, like, when you, when the one got further into the cave, he hollered out, it's like, we're under attack. Everyone come help. But he got pretty melted, like, right after that. Yeah. <laughs> and so, while they're in this big, dark cave, only a few of them have no dark vision, so they're just kind of looking around, like, getting their bearings on the, on the area. And it was Abyss Grip, I think, that um, spots, no, spots a couple people off, no, in one of the corners. While they're, like, while they're trying to hide and whatnot, no, they, the party's, no, lining up, like, lining up to engage them, because there's a nice little divot in, in one of the, in, in the cave. So it's like, there's almost, like, three different paths to this one side of the cave. Eventually, they come up. They, they get up to two of them, and those two engage. The one there was a third one that they saw at first, but that one disappeared. Yeah, because right. Birthbringer had brought out his bullet lantern, and then it was around this time, or right, well, right before that, or right after that, that that uh, Robotech, aka Shaw, brought out his special item, which was the gem of light. The gem of light, which gave thirty feet of. 30 feet of, uh, yeah, he brought that up way earlier, actually. Yeah, he brought that out as soon as you guys ran into the cave. Yeah, and ended up blinding, <laughs> ended up blinding Abyss Grip and Kai, because it's 30 feet of, uh, intense bright light, like, automatically, and then, uh, an mm-hmm. additional 30 feet of dim light. Yeah. And, uh, we were all, like, right close to him when he did it. Luckily, both Alawi and Birthbringer passed their, uh, their checks, and we were both fine, but, yeah, it was like, Abyss <laughs> Grip and Kai were just blinded. But, you know, he's just a beacon of light just you know, walking around, and like I said, you know, Breathbringer brings out his bullet lantern so he can see 60 feet in front of him, you know, and they, they're trying to search around in this dark-ass cave. And like I said, you know, there's two of them. We saw we saw three of them eventually, and one of them ducked out and hid, and we were fighting the other two. And uh, we were doing decently well at first. Yeah. Decently well. I mean, once again, Birthbringer never got a chance to really run up on anybody at first. Um, and Alali ran over to where the other dude was supposed to be, and so did Kai, I believe, right? Ran over yep. to the other like, They tried to pincer attack pretty much. And when they got over, when the, when, when they got over there, that person was nowhere to be found. Yeah, he was, he was gone. So we're like, okay, like we've kind of been scoping this entire area out. We haven't really given him any chance to escape. Like, Birthbringer's looking like there's no really way he could have got past us. We're really like right here. Everywhere around us, like, we're, pre- we're pretty covered. And then, surprise, motherfucker! This last one, just this last enemy, appears behind Shaw and just swings him in the back. And, like, it was to everyone's shock. And it was like, wait a minute, what happened? And so when 
know, of course, when people turn around to see, they see him walking on the wall. Like he's like he's he's perpendicular with the wall. Like he was just walking on like he was walking on the wall. Like think Spider Man. Yeah, and so I got the idea. Like every time, like when he popped out, he was like Spider Man, Spider Man. <laughs> yeah, because uh, he wasn't the only one. Because after everyone turned their attention to the one on the wall, that's when like another six or was it seven? Uh, a gang of them started dropping out. It's funny because Shaw disengages and tries to run, get back, and then another one just pops up behind him and attacks him. <laughs> like when that happens, like Spider Man. So now the these enemies are dropping from the ceiling on top of the on top of the party, and it's it becomes of um, a five on one to a six on five, and it, it's not going well for anyone at first, and until Kai's like, okay, you know what, this is bullshit. I'm ending this, and so Kai's just throwing. Oh no, hold on. Before that. Kai, on every single turn of his, decided he wanted to use the, use the dodge action, which gives you no know, any attack against him disadvantage. That fucking shit pissed me off. Out of I, 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 out of game, like as as like not even as the DM, like if I was watching this, I'd be so pissed because I'm rolling and because of my disadvantage, I have to take the lower number, and I'm over here rolling fucking twenties and shit. And I was like, I can't land any of these twenties because of the disadvantage. You gotta be fucking kidding me. Yeah, I mean, it was pretty funny because Alawi used Wild Surge and uh, beefed up her AC by two. So her AC was like 21. So 21 is incredibly hard to hit. And uh, so you have that going on. And then you have the dodge action going on from Kai, which new nickname alert, can't touch this. Uh <laughs> MC Hammer would be too much, you know, better gaby. But can't touch this. Works out fine. So CTD. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's this with a D-I-S. <laughs> so can't touch this. New nickname alert. So uh, I'll let you know, Kai, if you're listening. That's your new nickname, bro. Can't touch this. So this entire fight's going on and, like, everyone is getting fucked up except for pretty much Alawi because... I just has I wasn't attacking Alawi. I was attacking everybody else. Realistically, I should have been attacking Alawi, but I just I thought like, oh hey, attack the weaker ones first. That one looks pretty tanky. Well, I mean at the same time, like if you say everyone's getting messed up, but Kai wasn't getting messed up. He got hit like once. That's yeah, that's true. Yeah, because <laughs> of the fucking dodge action, goddammit. But I mean, uh Shaw went down. Shaw went down once. A biscuit was borderline down like the longest time. I think I think the lowest he got HP wise was one HP. <laughs> I remember doing he got down to five. The lowest I remember him getting down to was five. Okay. Um like Birthbringer had to bust out, you know, his healing chops. <laughs> Usually Birthbringer just run up, like, let's do this. But Birthbringer was like, oh shit, I gotta <laughs> keep healing this time. <laughs> I think I mean once again, like I never really I mean I eventually at the end of the battle, the way the battle ended, we were I was hitting, but like before then, like, you know, I had to get Shaw back up with uh with uh my prism healing. I had to get Shaw back up and I mean between like I mean pretty much I was tanking hits and just kept healing myself and I mean, myself and stays ready. Like I mean we were just right next to each other and it was just like healing touch, potion, healing touch, potion. Yeah, sanctuary, like actually just sanctuary. shoving potions down his throat like on their turn. It was yeah. freaking hilarious. I cast sanctuary on uh on Shop. Robotech. Yeah. Count sanctuary on him so he can get away 
and so he can get away and heal himself up a little bit with some potions and you know try to handle you know try to get everybody else a little pumped because he ended up casting uh, a spell. I forget what spell it was, but he ended up casting a spell. He was uh, just, test this. I can't remember what that was. I do remember him casting light over and over again, trying to get his well magic to surge. Yeah, but um, yeah, you know, we cap. Uh, it was a pretty pretty intense battle. I mean, I'll be completely honest. I thought we were going to lose this fight. Like, I I don't know. I don't I don't know what the plan was. <laughs> it, it, it seems. I don't know. It just seems like we're not really, we're always in these combats that is, like, we're borderline about to lose and then something miraculous happens and we yeah. pull it out. and this time, this miraculousness came from Kai because at one point, Kai was by himself fighting off two enemies because Shaw backed up and then the other four, six, four-ish enemies were around Abyssgrip, Alawi, Birthbringer, and so Kai was like, alright, you know what? I'm going to move over there and start dealing out damage because these guys are you no know, engaged so I can get my my rogue attack, my sneak attack yeah. damage. And as soon as Kai started doing that, motherfuckers started falling. Well what ended up happening is pretty hilarious. So unfortunately Alawi's character had to leave. Um but uh Kane Custis's character uh, player is how he's gonna do run run both for him. Uh run his character and run Alawi's character. And um you know, I'm beginning to think that his uh, luck's a little bit better. Uh, <laughs> so the strat ended up being is the and the strat ended up being Alawi would attack and then bite. Well, then when Alawi's bite hits, he has a chance to grapple. He kept making the grapples, so he would you know she would grapple. Then after that, Kai would like stab it with the rapier, and then Birthbringer has an ability that or he has a fell hands uh, feat. What Spell Hands Feet does is when you attack an enemy on advantage, if your roll would hit, the other hit roll would hit, it knocks the enemy prone. And so, enemy would be grappled. So then, birth, you know, then, like I said, Kai would stab it. Then Birthbringer would knock it prone. And then at that point, Kai was allowed to make an extra attack. And uh, Kai would finish it off. And we literally did it to three, three enemies. We yeah. felt like that. <laughs> it, it was like... Like things were going for the worst, and then suddenly the, the the change in tone that just completely changed the battle. Like think Avengers: Infinity War, in the Battle of Wakanda, everyone's getting fucked up by the Outriders and shit. And then Thor comes down, and the entire battle shifts into the Avengers' favor. Like it, it was something like that, and it was it was good. I mean, I'm not gonna lie, it it was it was really good. Like it, it, I, me as a DM, like I'm rolling this shit. I'm just like. At the same time, I'm like, I want, I want these attacks to hit. I'm apologizing at the same time they do because these motherfuckers are actually dealing out pretty bit of, a lot of damage. Like they uh, they make two long sword attacks, and which is a D10 each because they're two handing them. And sometimes I land both hits, and that's two D10s. Like oh boom, okay, uh, oh shit, that's 15 damage. <laughs> yeah, we were getting pretty, we were hitting pretty hard. I mean, I was I ran out of spells. <laughs> Around the healing spells, um, like I said, we started going to potions, and I mean, it, it was it was looking pretty grim until we hit that strat. We got that strat, and I mean, they started dropping like flies. I think I, I think what it was, is, you know, Kane touched this, came in, he surprise attacked one, and when he surprise attacked that one, got it pretty low, and a bishop was able to kill one, and then he was able to kill one, so they didn't lower it down, so it was four of them left, and then at that point, you know, uh, it was pretty much a, a four on you know four on five fight. And so we took three out with the strat, 
And one of them tried to run. It was like, nah, buddy, <laughs> you ain't going nowhere. <laughs> yeah, like when this this enemy decided, like after he was the last one, he ran away. And these motherfuckers decided, like, no, no, you're not getting away. So they each run, and they're standing on four different sides of this motherfucker. And it's just like, you're gonna die. You know that, right? <laughs> like, yeah, it was like, you know, it was funny because everybody had to take the double movement. Um, except for Birthburger. He was right in range, right in range to hit the dude. Um, you know, so he got right next to him. And it was a little, like, think the JoJo Bizarre Adventure scene where they're just jumping the guy, just stomping the guy out. That's exactly what I imagined. It's, it's, it's surrounded this guy, and it was like, yeah, but it's time. It started stomping. It started jumping this guy. <laughs> and, like, after that guy was dead, dude, everyone was like, we need to get out of this cave right now. We need to rest. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we were, everybody was out of spells. Like, I mean, I'm pretty sure we were just done with spells at the time. So, yeah, I mean, and plus, you know, a lot of his, a lot of his player had to had left. So he's like, okay, well, we don't want to go anymore advancing more of the story. And it was also, we have, at this point, we've been playing for like six or seven hours at this point. Yeah, it was like, it was it was about one o'clock a.m. Yeah. So we get out, uh, so the party exit out. They're on the hill in front of the cave. You know, like, all right, we're going to rest. We need someone on watch. You know, like, make sure no one leaves that cave. Yeah. Because, obviously, the target there that they're initially hunting is still in there. So, I mean, that's pretty much where our session ended. Pretty, pretty crazy. That I mean, battle was so intense. <laughs> were you expecting us to win that? My goal is for you guys to win. <laughs> but as I was rolling these numbers, I'm just like, oh, shit. I don't think, uh, uh, am I going to have to throw a save in here? Because, I mean, obviously, I, I, that's what I tell you guys. Like, if you guys get too much into shit, I'm saving you guys. Like, as a DM, I am saving you guys. So, I mean, like, again, like, if if like if one or two of you had gone down at that, like, near the end of that fight, that's when I probably would have definitely had someone come in. Gotcha. But, yeah, you know, we made it. <laughs> Dude, we made it. Dude, we pulled through on it. Man, our luck. Our luck. Knock on wood. Uh, but, yeah, we made it. We keep making it out of these combats. We need to beef up. <laughs> that's what I'm, that's, that's, that was technically the intent of this. Instead of throwing you guys into the next story plot, this was to help you guys beef up a bit. Because you guys got a good amount of XP from this. Like, I think by the time you get back to Scuttle's Cove, you guys might actually hit that level. I mean, after you deal with the vampire, though, right? Well, yeah. I mean, obviously, after you go deal with the vampire in the cave and get back to Scuttle's Cove, you guys should level, if, I, if my math is correct. Gotcha. I still don't think that's enough. <laughs> All um, right, folks. That's it for the end. That's it for this episode of Murphy's Roll. Uh, remember to catch us on uh, Anchor, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Radio Cast, Breaker. Our Radio, Steam, or not Steam, uh, Our Radio, Spotify. And, um, Nian, you missed out, man. I know you're listening. But, uh, yeah, we'll definitely catch you guys next time on Murphy's Roll. This is Reaper. Ball Crush was Earth Pit the Juggernaut. And thank you for listening.